Hey y'all, it's Lindsay, and I'm so excited for you to listen to episode six of the I Hate Green Beans podcast. Once again, some guy in Austin and I recap episode nine of The Bachelorette, where Rachel takes her suitors to meet the family in Dallas. We're going to discuss Seinfeld episodes, I know, random, Brian's downfall, Eric's poor choices in wishes, and Rachel's statement rings. I'd also like to point out that Eric is not 26. Like I stated in the podcast, he's actually 29. And for the first time, I did not bleep out the dirty joke as told by some guy in Austin. Sorry, Mama, and sorry, Mrs. Some Guy. I hope y'all like the show. Hey, everyone, I'm Lindsay, and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise, and no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, we are down to three guys in Rachel's Bachelorette season, and I'm here with some guy in Austin to talk about the episode. First off, big picture, what did you think about the episode in whole? You know, I was just telling you before we started that uh, my DVR actually said 9.30, and I think for the first time in Bachelor history, they needed more show. Yeah. Just crammed in a ton of stuff, and we didn't even get to uh, Brian's date or whatever, the chiropractic physician. Uh, I want to talk in detail about that when we get a chance to. But, um, about what technically that is in well, real life? Or, or, sure. or, or, or is not, <laughs> more importantly. Um, the other coincidence, well, it's not really a coincidence. You know, my my uh, lovely Miss Some Guy in Austin's family is from Dallas, and that bar that they went to is literally within a walking distance from my sister-in-law's house. So that's my my brush with fame this week. I was wondering that. Is it a is it on the roof? Or no. I've never been there, okay. but um my wife has and she claims that it's, you know, a trendy fun place to hang out or whatever, but I suspected it was up high because everybody's hair was in disarray. So I thought, well, they must be on a roof somewhere cuz nobody's hair was good. Uh, I, guys don't notice those sorts of things. So. <laughs> I just wanted them all to put a rubber band in their hair, and I wanted Rachel to stop touching her weave. Yeah, general impressions too. I thought, um, I mean, I know we'll get to all this, but the, I don't think I recall a ball busting quite as severe as mm-hmm. the one that Brian got in mm-hmm. Bachelor history. Although, the, remember the one dad that w- didn't like that Brad Womack didn't go to college? Yes, and there was one that was, like, doing something with a shotgun at one time. I think that was during Jesse Palmer's season. Yeah, and then there was the uh, my favorite character of all time, Desiree's brother. Brother. When he threatened Sean, (laughs) when Sean was, like, three times his size. (laughs) And he had to sit there and take it because he was on camera. (laughs) He had scary tattoos, though, so, hmm. Thanksgiving would be stressful at the Desiree Hartsock (laughs) Family reunion. <laughs> he hasn't been in many of her Instagrams lately. Because it's probably prison. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible for us both to say. Let's move on. The episode starts off in Dallas, as we talked about, and she's going to take all three of the guys to meet her family in Dallas because she says her sister is pregnant and she can't fly. Because remember, we typically have 
the bachelor, the bachelorette's family fly off to wherever the fantasy dates are. But her sister's big time pregnant, can't do that. So she asked Peter to come first. Now, I think it's important to point out that all three guys are there together in a hotel and the producers make them talk to each other, which I think is also the first time this, that's ever happened. And it was awkward. Aco taco. Extremely. And well, I don't know what that expression means, but it was it was extremely, I don't know if it's low budget. I've stayed at that hotel and uh, that's a nice hotel. I don't know why they couldn't each get their own room, but um, <laughs> like like adults. Um, but yeah, it was, the weirdest one was after... Peter went on his date and then he's got to sit there and talk to Brian while the other guy, Eric is on the date with Rachel. I thought that was, that had to be so uncomfortable. Yes. No, and he know. calls it out too. He says, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be talking to you. And he also, when his, he has a powwow with Eric says how it's no surprise to anyone that I don't like Brian. No one likes Brian no except Brian's mom. <laughs> shouldn't have been that funny but it's <laughs> well, late and i'm tired again oh my gosh true. so first up is peter and they go baby gift shopping which i thought was fine i think we were supposed to think oh how cute peter picking out baby clothes or something but that was pretty fast and the whole the whole gist with peter is he is the only one who hasn't basically told her he's in love or falling for her or falling in love. He hasn't used any of that language. Mom and Constance saw, you know, they respected that at the end of the visit there. They really did. And they appreciated the slow burn. And they appreciated the fact that after he meets all of the family... He does not ask Rachel's mom for her permission or the dad who's not there. The federal judge dad is not there. He doesn't ask them for permission. And the mom practically just said, pick him, pick him, because she thinks he has a great head on his shoulders. What did you think about that? Fair enough. I thought, you know, they're obviously a very uh, conservative, educated family. You know, so obviously th these are not you know, street people who, you know, are happy to be on TV. They all looked a little reluctant, except for the very weird brother-in-law. Mm -hmm. um, all of his questions seemed canned. Like you, he referred to when he, when he was speaking to Rachel, he, he said something like, uh, are you sure that you could see yourself spending your life with this individual? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, you know, who talks <laughs> like that? Nobody. Um, except that guy. Yeah. Yeah, so I, thought, I mean, Peter, Peter, like I said, I mean, the guy's acting, we've talked about this. If you act rational yes. or you have a legitimate reason for not wanting to marry somebody after 28 days of flying around the world with 25 other dudes. I wanted to ask you a question, though. As a lawyer, her dad is a federal judge. Does it surprise you at all that he's nowhere to be found? I would have been shocked if he would have been there. You know, they're granted they're appointed for life or whatever, but that's definitely not something you'd be associated with as a federal judge. I, that there's a million reasons, and you know, based upon the conduct of the mom, they seem pretty. You know, they're not really rule breakers. It seems mm -hmm. so. I, I just think he respectfully declined. I'm sure he loves his daughter, but you know, he didn't want to auction her off in front of three dudes and the rest of his family. Right. Um, right. I, was, I was surprised to let him in the house, though. I thought the whole thing was going to take place at the Anatole. Well, I don't think 
that was their house. Someone had emailed me earlier in the season and said that that was a house that was on sale on their street. There were pictures of them on the wall. They brought them in. <laughs> really? I'm convinced because this this like OJ. Yes. <laughs> like a reverse OJ. I was about to say a reverse OJ. <laughs> they brought everything in. And um, because this reader sent me a picture of, she said, here I am, I'm taking a picture of this guy, because we didn't know it was Peter at the time or whomever it was, this guy and Rachel, and they had bags and flowers and everything. And she said, this house has been on the market forever. They don't live there. So <laughs> I, so it just I, broke in and it, staged their right. own. right. They're squatters. That's how ABC rolls. That's how, <laughs> that's how ABC rolls. Um, next up was Eric. So Peter had this whole idea. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Did okay. you? I want your opinion on the Peter thing. Was it? Was it? Uh, I mean, of the three, I felt like the family liked him the best. I would agree with that. The family yeah. right. thought he was he. Let me say this: the family thought he had the most logical, sensible head on his shoulders. I think. And he didn't wear a cardigan sweater either. He did not wear a cardigan sweater. I was so proud of him. He had a little bit of chambray on, which is great. Fine. You go, Peter. I also feel like he's he's gotten a little bit more gray during this process. Kind of like the president. He just... Yeah, he might have combed that in. He, he, <laughs> why would he comb that in? That's, it's, uh, what do they call that? Distinguished. He's distinguished in front of yeah. Mrs. Lindsay. Okay. That's right. No one, oh. I never all called her Mrs. Lindsay. Give me a break. Why? What's her? I don't know, I'd go, what's like? What's her name? Barbara Babs? I don't know. I, I would. I think it's. I don't know. I guess it's a sign of respect. It's just it to is. me. Look, man. He, these guys are in their thirties. They're not taking her to prom. I mean, give them a little break. So Peter's whole deal is, he's not ever saying "I love you." I'm falling in love with you. Eric's deal is he's never had a girlfriend. Well, he's had a girlfriend. He's never brought a girl home or been very serious about a woman enough to really be in love with her. And that's where the family and Rachel, too, in some respects, just kind of couldn't get past that. He he walks in and tells them all about his home life in, in Baltimore. And the family just seems to kind of accept him for what he is now peter i feel like they leaned in a little bit and eric they just accepted it and brian lots of red flags we'll talk about that in a minute but his family seemed cool with eric and again the word we keep using throughout this entire season when it comes to eric is uneventful nothing really happened there were no big huge red flags there wasn't anything that well, he misused the word protocol. I'm still aggravated about that. Did he? I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. And he I also missed a lot of other things about his diction, but I did not miss. I hey, missed the hey, protocol. hey. You think Rachel noticed anything about his diction in the fantasy suite? <gasps> You've got to leave that in, please. <laughs> All right. It's your podcast. You can do whatever you want, but that's a good joke. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from that. I don't even know where to go. I'm all flushed and sitting here. I don't know where to go with it. What did you think about Eric? He seemed genuinely nervous, which I think that Mm -hmm. that's at a certain point that that's endearing. I mean, take Brian's 
contrasting example. He was obviously overly confident and, you know, trying to sell a car. Mm-hmm. So I think that Eric came across as sincere. And, you know, there were some a couple things I picked up on. I think it's incredibly weird. Now, maybe not in the context of his awful childhood or whatever, but it's incredibly weird to reach the age of 26 and say you've never felt love for another person. That's just bizarre to me. Um, you know, everyone has their first crush and their first, I think I'm in love and infatuation. I think it's just a natural part of being, uh, of growing up. But, you know, granted he's got some factors in his childhood that I didn't, and that may prevent him from expanding that, but he genuinely seemed to be into her. He seemed to make progress during the whole thing. And I got to tell you, I believe him when he, when he said that, you know, I started from here and now I'm here. I, I, I believe him too. And as the season goes on and as each episode builds, I feel that he is sincere and I feel that I'm seeing their relationship grow and grow and grow. I just see different things in all three of them, which of course you're going to see all the time, but he is, I think the safe bet. I also thought it was weird that she kept saying, I'm not sure how he feels when I think that's all he does is kind of affirm her and hold her and hug her and kiss well, her. I, and I, I don't, I didn't know what there, that was about. There was a groping situation that was mm-hmm. a little awkward. And then when he bent her over the Spanish wall, I thought right. that was a little <laughs> weird too, you know? I caramba. Now granted, <laughs> if you're, a, if you're a chiropractic physician, that might it's, be a natural I position mean, to put somebody in, but. I don't know. Maybe he's doing some light stretching before the fantasy suite or something. (laughs) Did you notice that during Eric's hometown with Rachel's family, did you notice that during Eric's time with Rachel's family that Constance had on the same shirt, the white flouncy shirt that Seinfeld wore that one time? Did you notice that? (laughs) I did not notice what? that. How did you like, There's only that. so many things you can get at pee in the pod. Uh, or what's that other, what's the other chain, the big one that's the maternity store? Pee in the pod is the big one. And then there's another one that's like some kind of pun name that if I were, you know, large and pregnant and my ankles were swollen and filled with water, I wouldn't think was funny. And so the, the point I'm trying to make is there's only so many, so many you can buy. Hmm. And uh, so just lighten up on Constance, would you? Constance is my favorite. I didn't get yeah. the shirt, but you know, maybe she just needed some room. Do you watch how, did you watch Seinfeld when it was out? I did. Do you have a favorite episode? Uh Master of the Domain is uh-huh. one of my favorite ones. Um uh, and then I like uh Beefarino when uh Kramer feeds the horse Beefarino, one <laughs> of my favorites. And then uh the third one I would have to say would be when George um fakes like he's mad so people think he's working hard when he works for the Yankees remember his secret yes. is when it, when you walk by his office you have to be upset right so people I don't know those are the three that stand out to me <laughs> or Mulva the remember that my, my name sounds like a body part that was a good one and her name was Dolores remember <laughs> remember that was some good stuff <laughs> good ah oh, Seinfeld I miss it but you can watch it on Netflix, all 57 seasons. And so Jerry can buy another Porsche and mm-hmm. buy some more Manhattan real estate for his garages. Right. Okay. Third date. Brian meets Ugh. the family, but 
How do you really feel? That was an exhaustive. He met everybody. Sigh. I thought you and I have said like the the Breitling watch was a tell, hmm. and now he goes and meets the two best friends. That's got to be indicative of oh. a first place. See, I disagree. I don't know why I disagree because she's taking him to meet her friends so they can tell her if this guy's legit because she admits in that she conversation. She thought he was a douchebag, like we all do, or like I do. So here's my problem with the chiropractic physician. First of all, that's not even a thing. They're not doctors. <laughs> but he said it twice. He said, well, I'm a chiropractic physician, and I'm a doctor. I've been practicing for eight years. Look, chiropractors come a long way. They actually are educated in their own field or whatever, but they're not physicians. It's, it's a totally different thing. And so for him to introduce himself like that, particularly at 37 years old, to me, Screams insecurity. Mm. That's my take on it. I mean, I don't introduce myself as, you know, I'm an attorney. I have a Juris Doctorate, which technically <laughs> means I'm a, you know, I'm a doctor. I mean, no, I don't sign Esquire after my. Oh yes, you do. Oh no, I don't. Do you subscribe to Esquire magazine? <laughs> no, I don't. I, you I'm don't. A, mm. I maybe in some dentist's office. I read. That one time. I'm not really into yachting, so <laughs> types of things they have in there, but <laughs> But you are into Breitling watches and fancy cars. Those know, are I, in there too. I'm into watches and cars, my two weaknesses. Speaking of weaknesses, Brian says to Rachel's family in front of all of them that his mom is the number one woman in his life unconditionally and will always be the number one woman in his life. Well, Thoughts Mrs. on that decision? Mrs. What's her last name? Mrs. Lindsay didn't take that too no. well. Uh, and that's when Constance. the no, that's when the ball busting started. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was relentless. I almost felt sorry for the guy if he hadn't set himself up for it. But no, that's look. Clearly, we talked about this last week. His relationship with his mother is way over the top. And that's got, there's no way the relationship can survive that. And look, the answer to that question that he got about who's right, mom or daughter or whatever, or mom or wife, I thought that was a little unfair. There's, mm -hmm. there's, no, right, there's no right answer to that question. 90% of the time, you're going to take your wife's side. But, you know, moms can be right too. Um, mm -hmm. But I think the point that, Miss Lindsay was trying to, Mrs. Lindsay, excuse me, was trying to make was, um, you know, is your wife going to be a priority? I thought the question was unfair, but he did enough to cheese it away. Yeah. And the uncle even, I, I got lost in that little bit where the uncle said something along the lines of what qualities does she bring out in you or whatever? And he sort of halfway answered it. And then the brother-in-law jumps in and then he gets up from the table and we don't that see him for 20 minutes. Yeah, I thought that whole thing was just set up when he excused himself to, you know, go use the bathroom and do whatever he was going to do. And then they talked about it behind his back and Rachel let everyone know she was pissed. I mean, that was that was dumb. Here's what I like about Constance. She called him out whenever he was kind of throwing her lines saying how I love your family. And she called him out and she said, you've known us for an hour and a half. How can you love our family. It just seems like you're saying things. You're very, very charming. And you're just saying all the things you think we want you to hear. I appreciated that she called him out because that's how I feel about Brian. I know that's not how you feel about Brian. But part of me did wonder, are they making this look so bad? Because they want us to assume that she's not going to give 
the rose to Brian. Now, that was all before all the stuff happened with Peter in Spain that we'll get to, but that's how I interpreted that they that peter was the woohoo and eric was the middleman and brian was like oh we hate him constance and the mother too when she confronted him with that who's more important your mother or your wife thing there's a point where they seem to me to just be so offended by what was coming out of his mouth that Mm -hmm. they spoke up i don't think there was a conscious choice to confront him about it i think it was just a spontaneous wait a minute you know and then they were too polite um, to say what they really thought because the camera was in their face. I don't know. I look. I think he tried. I don't. I don't think it's all an act, and I don't think he's uh, insincere. But I do think that you know there's some red flags. Mama's boy, 37 years old, has to refer to himself as a chiropractic physician. He wears white shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's you know. Take your pick. It's like him and uh, who's that <laughs> cheating on his wife? Uh, hmm. The Alan Thick's son, Robin Thick. Yeah. <laughs> so I went as an aside. I uh, one time I used to travel to Denver a lot for work, and um, I would get bored, and so I'm, I made a bunch of friends there, and I got invited one time to a, um, a Skybox Suite at the Pepsi Center to go see Beyonce. Hmm. And, uh, I, yeah, who wouldn't go? And yeah. free and free booze. And so I went over there and Robin Thicke opened. Robin Thicke or is that his name? Yeah, Robin yeah. Thicke o- op- opened up um, before that Blurred Lines uh, song got big. Yes. And I think maybe three people actually paid attention to him while he was dancing his heart out on stage. <laughs> and I had never, I was, I don't listen to that stuff. I was like, who is this guy? And then, of course, you know, two weeks later, he was the biggest thing in the world for 18 months. I don't know if you noticed, but the show after, which, by the way, looked like some Lifetime Network show starred Paula Patton. I didn't even know she was an actress, but oh. I was like, his ex-wife? I mean, she's picking up jobs now that <laughs> they're divorced and he's hey, not earning any money. You got to pay the bills. You got to put right. the kids through college. So the other thing that I did because I said, this looks like it should be on Lifetime. I was scrolling through the channels waiting on your, I'm going to call you in six minutes text. Mm-hmm. And uh, the show on Lifetime, I swear to God, I'm not making this up, was entitled Killer Girlfriend. <laughs> Which, you know, I don't know if that's a how-to or whatever, but it's terrifying to men to see that. That's Who was starring in that? Meredith Baxter Burney. Okay, next up, everybody heads to Spain. And Rachel's got a fresh weave, and we get a digital map that shows us how to get to Spain. And she spouts off all of these Wikipedia facts about where they are and the vineyards and how much fun they're going to have. And so she goes and picks up, they all get their same room in Spain, which is pretty nice. And she goes and picks up Eric and they fly over a bunch of vineyards in a helicopter. That seemed romantic to me. Have you ever been in a helicopter? You know, I never have. Uh, my, my Mrs. SGIA asked me that tonight and I said, no, I've never been in a helicopter. I've been on an offshore rig. Although <laughs> you've been a, on an Exxon helicopter. Yeah. I used, different. I got to, um, Actually, it was a Pemex helicopter, and I had to 
get out to an offshore rig in Mexico on one. That was my one and only time. I think that Did would be. Did you hold hands with a roughneck on the way out there and comment on the beauty of the Gulf of Mexico? I did not. Uh, I did not. Next, next time you're on there, you should try that. But I did feel like I was them when that with Peter, when they were in the cave and that guy was talking to them so fast in Spanish. I did the, experience that. The creepy that Spanish the, guy that came the, out of the wall. Yeah, with the beret. Yeah, okay. he had space issues too. He was like all up in her <laughs> grill. Hey, that's how he <laughs> is. He's been married is for Spanish 47 thing? years. 57. 57 years. Although Rachel seems to think that Uno and Siete are the same thing in Spanish <laughs> because she said 51. Anyway, she got go the ahead. Quince part, right? <laughs> That's pretty impressive. So they're yeah. on a helicopter. They end up taking this long hike down the Great Wall of Spain to get to a monastery. And there's this legend about ringing a bell three times and you make a wish and your wish will come true and he wishes that he will finally tell rachel that he loves her instead of <laughs> he wasted his wish instead of saying she picks me at the end he's wishing for the courage to tell rachel that he loves her mm. wasted uh, some, wish something so romantic about that <laughs> what would you have wished for had you been ringing that bell um, a fat social media contract when she dumped me and <laughs> <laughs> my own room at the <laughs> resort. <laughs> so he finally does tell her at dinner that night. Well, he sort of, eh, tells he, her. <laughs> sort of did. he didn't actually say, I love you. He didn't. He, he didn't. danced around it for a long time. And then a long time. She was really excited that he finally told her. And I was like, ah, did he? But he seemed to look. I, we we did say this. He seemed to be genuinely trying, and we probably shouldn't make fun of him because he grew up in a different place than we did. Yeah. So yeah, but he did try, and he did get vulnerable, and he did tell her. I thought it was sweet that he told her, um, "You've made me different." I thought that was kind of neat. He in, it depends on how you interpret that. <laughs> true, true, but he. He sort of yeah. laid it all out there enough for her to be cool with the yeah. fact that she's in this bubble that he yeah. has set it. I feel like, you know, if, if this was a horse race, he would definitely be gaining in the stretch there, mm -hmm. you know, like he's definitely appropriately piling it on at the right time in the right amount Yes. Uh, toward the end. Now, Brian, mm. you know, who's just malignantly cheesy. Uh, I mean, that guy's been. We had a, I had a friend in college that was sort of like that, and we used to call him Skippy, like the peanut butter, because he everywhere he went, he used to lay it on thick. <laughs> <And so, laughs> that was his nickname in college, because he was just so over the top with women. Like mm. he would, he would be the type to like, you know, bust up a conversation in a bar between a bunch of girls and like grab one of them by the hand and tell her how beautiful she was. And, you know, damn it if it didn't work half the time, oh, but gosh. just not my, not my ball of wax there. That makes me sad for women everywhere. That he met. Yes, is, indeed. Is Skippy married? Uh, Skippy is not married. Skippy. <laughs> really? <laughs> believe it or not, was from Reno, Nevada, and he moved back to Reno and he lives in his his brother owned an office building and he converted the basement into a music studio slash studio apartment. He probably had one too many 
Zimas at the, the bar in college and affected his brain. But yeah, that Skippy was yeah. So, God bless him. I hope he's happy. But uh, one of my one of my weirder friends from college. Well, he's got his basement and his music. He should it's just call Wes Hayden and Wes Hayden. Yeah. They could make well, music thought, together. Uh, you know, I think that that they have enough material now between Wes and the guy in the vineyard singing. Mm-hmm. They should just do a you know, a B-side iTunes, you know, bat, best of the Bachelor <laughs> music. You'd have like Chicago. Um, the band train. The band train. <laughs> You'd have, um, what's the good, Dan and Shay. Yes, Dan, Dan plus Shay. Shay. Not just how that works out yet. <laughs> and that guy from last year who played JoJo music on his, not JoJo, Caitlin music on his convertible. He's probably playing, what's the name of that cheesy... Uh, bar out there that like all the divorcees go out there on Saturday night. <laughs> divorcees. It's, it's like a Wild West or something, you know, like one of those types of places. Is it Moe's? Moe's, that's it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's Moe's. All the divorcees go to Moe's. Yeah, all the divorcees. So when you get divorced, or when you're probably when you're thinking about getting divorced <laughs> in Katy, Texas, exactly. you head out to Moe's. And you're and, gonna hear James Taylor. Not 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 the James James Taylor, but the lowercase J. Lowercase James Taylor and Luke Luke Pell, he's a singer. The guy from uh, not Burn It, where is he from? From yeah, from Burn It, right? The guy, the guy that bow legged uh, guy from Burn It. He's a singer. Yes, he's a singer. I didn't know he was a singer. Oh yeah, he's he's doing that now. And let me tell you, my friends Stephanie and Connie went to go see him and James Taylor unfortunate uh who was... opened for whom and had to figure <laughs> out which one of them was worse i uh, know i think it was james taylor's show and he had a special guest luke pell so they collaborated featuring pitbull it was a great night but luke and james taylor at just need to hang it up. live live Mose. at moe's in mm-hmm. Katy, texas mm-hmm do you know, I've got some trivia for you. Do you know what famous country legend is from Katy, Texas? Uh, Mickey Gilly. No. Okay. Clint Black. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Mickey Gilly's from Faraday, Louisiana, with his cousins Jimmy Swaggart and Jerry Lee Lewis. Thank you for that tidbit of information. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good guess. I thought I thought Mickey Gilly was a pretty that good guess. not a bad guess. Fair enough. We're off topic. Yes, we need a Bachelor soundtrack. I'll get on that. But we still have Eric, who decided to forego his individual room to stay as a couple with Rachel in the fantasy suite. And And did you notice, too, there was no... They didn't even show a picture of the bed this season. They did the next morning after with rumpled sheets. Blah. No, I must have been in the kitchen (laughs) when that happened. Blocking that out, gross. (laughs) But you did see what he was wearing, which you said was like a matrix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looked like he just got out or just just got out of the matrix. And did you notice what she was wearing? No, but what was that Scottish kilt thing that she had on? In Dallas? Yes. God, that was some sort of hybrid army Scottish hybrid awfulness. You know, she's thicker she's hippie you know mm-hmm. she and and that's just it didn't look good she probably got it from raven's boutique because they're tight 
Who's Raven? Oh, rat, that Raven. Yeah, Raven it looks like from last year. It looks like something you could pick up in Arkansas exactly. or Alabama or wherever exa- she's from. It's exactly right. That's my thoughts. Exactly. Maybe Pig Constance got her suey. shirt there too. Two for one deal on uh, army skirts and uh, poofy shirts, <laughs> poofy maternity shirts. So Rachel, the morning after, had on a onesie with yeah. footy pajamas. I guess is the, a better way to put that. Yep. Mm. I have anyway. no. Absolutely no comment <laughs> on that. It was a it was a better version of Peter's non snap onesie that he wore last week. <laughs> it's a trend we have here. Speaking of Peter, so he's next up. He's number two. I you know, I just I wonder I always wonder too, they have to know that well, maybe they don't know what order they go in. I mean, Rachel obviously knows, you would presume. It's but always weird. It, it may not matter. Because during Peter's date, they go to an actual vineyard instead of mm. flying over a vineyard. They go to a vineyard. They go in the cave. They meet the old man who's been married forever who serenades her in and Spanish. And built, built the winery on passion and love and all he that. He did. Yeah. And you should die for love. And then he gives them their own little supply where he wrote on a dry erase board, Raquel <laughs> E. Pedro. <laughs> They think it's way special for them, but I'm like, dude, yeah. they just he just dry erased that right there. Yeah, well, and you know how many times Raquel and Pedro come into a Spanish winery? I mean, it's really nothing yeah. special. You know? Six out of ten. Six yeah. out of ten would be my guess. So afterwards, uh-huh. they go outside and sip their wine, and he tells her, he offers it up whenever she says, how did you feel about my family? I thought yours was great. My family loved you. What did you think? And he is... Got a great head on his shoulders. He's self-aware, which she has said several times. She wants this guy to be self-aware that she marries. And he says, I told your mom that I wasn't going to propose at the end of this. And she gets a little shocked look on her face. And then the producer sends some cute little Spanish girl to give her flowers and invite them to go stomp grapes. Well, that would ruin their plans for the dinner that night where she had to cry in a black dress. Exactly. Well timed. Exactly. Have you ever seen a walk in the clouds with Keanu Reeves? (sighs) Seriously? (laughs) No, I've, I've never seen that movie. I know that's going to shock you. Are you I've, telling I the truth? I know of the movie because I've scrolled through it about <laughs> mm-hmm. a thousand times. Wait, hey, I took some grief on my blog for this because I confused it with another movie that Keanu Reeves is not in that is oh. pretty much the same movie. What so there's is a walk it? in the clouds. A walk to, to go- remember? No. I'll is have it to, a I'll- walking Walk. It's the same movie. It's just Keanu Reeves is not in it. <laughs> With vineyards? Oh, I bet I know what it is because you like Diane Lane. I bet it's no, like no, it's Under the, the Tuscan Tus- Sun. No, no, no. And no. I do oh. love Diane Lane. I had a crush on Diane Lane. Back when she was in, uh, in 1983, she was in that movie that with Kenny Rogers where he was a racing guy and he inherited all those kids. You remember that movie? Six yes. Pack? <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, she was in um, Rumblefish. That's right. Was My favorite line from that movie? That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Her name's uh, Sherry Valance. And uh, my favorite part is when uh, Dallas Winston is walking with her. And uh, she, he says something. Uh, and she says, uh, Dallas Winston, you be nice. And he says, I'm never nice. That's my favorite line from that movie. Anyway. <laughs> is that your life motto? Yeah, pretty much. 
I'm going to change my name to Dallas. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> so here they are, stomping grapes, which... <laughs> I completely disregarded In that. a walk in the clouds, they're stomping grapes, and she's a little bit frustrated that she didn't get to go into this proposal talk. So they go to dinner that night. Peter looks great in a suit. He's the only one who dressed up. Well, I don't know if Brian did, but he dresses up. They go and talk... They don't even have dinner, actually. They go and sit on a couch, and she, to use a phrase you you used earlier in the episode, she draws a line, and he says, I believe engagement and marriage are the same thing, so I'm not going to propose to you until I know that you're going to be my wife and I'm going to marry you, and I need time with that. Which I, I thought that was ridiculous, by the way. That he needs time or that she drew the line? No, that like, I mean, it's semantics, really, after that, right? I mean, she, she's... She, She's going to blow up a relationship because she wants the formality of the Neil Lane ring. Mm-hmm. And he's going to blow it up because he feels like that's too much of a commitment. I, it's just, it seemed ridiculous to me. Well, I agreed with him. I shouldn't say I agreed with him. I thought his viewpoint was something that we all think when we're sitting through this faux reality show. And I'm thinking, well, you know, yeah, he's using his head. He's saying, I'm not going to propose unless I know for sure. But, you know, I can promise that I'm going to go in that direction. And her whole deal is, hey, I could find a boyfriend anywhere, which no. But, hey, (laughs) I could find a boyfriend anywhere. And I wouldn't have signed up for all of this rigmarole if I didn't want to be standing with my big Neil Lane ring in front of the Home Depot pedestal at the end of this business and you know that's an issue for me and he said well we're just on opposite ends I don't know what we're going to do and then we have the big huge to be continued flash up there he's not saying he won't continue to date her seriously and work toward a marriage which I don't know what the significance of the engagement I mean other than the big fat giant Neil Lane ring which I'm sure you know it's impossible to pretend like that doesn't matter Mm -hmm. um but I just the, the the conversation was just so, you know, with, with, just morbidly finite on both sides of that. You know, it was like, oh, I feel this way and I'm never going to compromise. And I feel this way and I'm never going to compromise. And I thought the whole thing was just a, a semantic argument over, OK, we're engaged or we're not. They mm-hmm. can break up just as easily. The only difference is you got to you got to call Harrison so he can get Neil Lane his ring back. Right. <laughs> So he can recycle it for the next year. And maybe in this case, a Breitling watch. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, I didn't know if that was just like I thought with Brian earlier in the episode. I was thinking, is this weird editing for ABC to throw us off their track because they really end up together and somebody. But in the scenes that are going to happen in two weeks, it shows both Peter and Rachel Mm-hmm, just crying, crying their eyeballs out, and Peter saying, "What is wrong with me?" And I think he's weeping on the floor at one point. I think maybe, maybe, um, maybe Customs lost his suitcase with his sweaters <laughs> in it. Hey, and by the way, did you notice when Rachel? Oh, I'll let you laugh through that. Go ahead. <laughs> and he okay. cried because his sweaters are gone. That's why that's funny. Um, and uh, did you notice when Rachel got out of the van um, when mm-hmm. she came to Spain? Did you notice how light her suitcase was? Yeah, it was full of her statement prop. rings. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think there was anything in it. I mean, it was a prop. <laughs> it, 
it's funnier for it to be full of her statement rings, which, you know, she <laughs> used one of them to uncork the bottle of wine. She used the other one as an iPad case. <laughs> That's great. The smart ring. <laughs> she was able to get cell phone service at the monastery. <laughs> you could do this all day. <laughs> she could smash grace with that thing. <laughs> she could trade it to the old Spanish man to get him to quit singing to her. There are stuff in his mouth. <laughs> Look, let oh. that, I think they let that guy go out. He's going to drop dead singing in the winery, oh, yeah. and God bless him for that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, He's just going to die for love and wine. That's right. What do you think about Men Tell All next week? Uh, you know you know this, and mm-hmm. anyone, I hate that show. I, I hate too. all of those shows. I can't stand it. And you know what? Good for you for having the, uh, the wherewithal to sit through it and write about it. But every time I write about it, I can't stand the whole – the bickering, uh, it's its literally like watching an episode of Real Housewives. I can, I've got, I can last about 30 seconds before they start yelling at each other, and I literally have to leave the room. My favorite parts are Harrison poking the bear, stoking the fire. I love when he does that, and there's always a blooper reel. But otherwise, I don't care about anything, and it makes me, I don't like the angst of it all, and it makes me nervous. And it's dragged out, too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, probably 45 minutes longer than it should be. And I'm not sure. I, I probably should go back and look before I say this, but it, has there always been three people left, or is it usually just two people at this time? No, no, no. Fantasy dates are always three. No, but for men tell all, shouldn't someone have been kicked off oh, traditionally yeah, tonight? Ha- well, you know what will probably happen. Don't you think it'll be an hour and a half no. or something? No, Mm-mm, and then we they'll looked. just mm-hmm. no. So they're not going to do. I thought maybe they'd do uh, Brian's date, and then nope. Wow, we looked. It's two hours of men tell all, and then I we went back and looked at the, you know, stay tuned, and it said next week men tell all blah blah blah, and in two weeks, and it shows Peter crying and all three of them standing there and the proposal. Or the not proposal. I don't know. I have no idea who's going to get kicked off now, which I think is great. You know, kudos to ABC for making me question that Eric is gone. Brian is number two. Actually, Brian might be number three now, but I think they're trying to make me not like him and think that because Rachel's family didn't appear to like him that he's not going to be in second place, like I think. So here's my prediction, uh, and I've changed it since I've seen the last two episodes. Now I would like to see Eric go to second place, Mm -hmm. but I think he's going home and I think she's going to, she's going to ignore the obvious red flag because of her feelings for Peter. And it's going to be those two idiots standing there. He look, I don't think that either one of these guys is going to end up marrying her honestly, but She's just got to decide which one she wants to go to red carpet events with and make you know, off Instagram for you know a good six months or whatever the contract says before they can yeah. keep the ring. Um, I'm and telling you though, Caitlin and What's His Dump are still together, and JoJo and What's His Dump are still together. Caitlin she... and Sean and JoJo and what's his name? I'm not, I can't remember who she picked. Not Aaron, but the brother. My last question for you is: How many man bracelets do you own? 
let me think about that. Zero. If I made you a friendship bracelet, would you wear it? I would. I would. I would wear it on my ankle. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you again, one more time. <laughs> if I made you a friendship bracelet, would you wear it? Is it leather? It's made of embroidery string. It's very colorful. You know, for you, Lindsay, yes, I'd wear your friendship bracelet. Hey, thank y'all for listening. And if you want to read the full recap of The Bachelorette, you can find it on my website at IHateGreenBeans.com. And you can also check us out on Twitter at Lindsay and at some guy in Austin. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Lindsay Ray. Until we're together again, love you, mean it, Texas forever.